How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Now, at your service. Welcome to the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Thanks, Scott. And the Garden Hotline, tip of the trial hour. Yes, I'll be giving the tip of the trial shortly, but right now you can give a call. We've got some phone lines open, 314-436-7900 or 1-800-925-1120. With your ideas, questions, concerns, or comments. And by the way, thanks for having me on your show. We can discuss plant selection. Can you still buy plants at nurseries and plant them and have them successful? Uh, how about your annuals? How are your annuals doing? <laughs> they got a little bit cold. How about those elephant ears and those cannas and those summer bulbs, those dahlias? <sighs> Should we, the time to be putting the tulips and daffodils in that you bought, you purchased earlier? How about your edibles, those cool season vegetables, those cauliflowers and things like that? Ground covers. Whoa. The leaves are falling from the trees, and I mean they are going to be burying Certain things. Houseplants, lawns, perennials, roses, tree shrubs, or vines. I'll share my thoughts, but please remember my answers, comments, or opinions is not the only garden path to take to success. Across the big board, Ethan and uh, Drew's here to help him out a little bit in case he needs it. So he'll, when you call, he'll be answering the Ethan will be answering the phone, and then basically he will put your name on the computer screen, and then that comes all the way. It might be three feet away from where he's sitting, in that, but I get see, I can see your name. Uh, during the week, I do landscape consulting, which I call a walk and talk. You can go to my website, MikeMillerDesigns.com, the homepage, uh, my email or phone number. Phone number is probably best this t- you know right now at this circumstance. And I'll come to your home and share forty plus years of experience as it relates to your homeland. Landscape design, plants, care, maintenance, and all that other stuff. Tip of the trial is a special recognition for an individual group or situation that's made an impression on me. It's brought to you by St. Louis Composting, 636-861-3344. I looked out my uh, window last night, and I don't remember exactly what time it was, but the tip of the trial goes out to the full moon. Last night, I was like, whoa, kind of caught me by surprise. It seems like where there was a full moon not too long ago. So, ah, oh, that was nice. So thank you, Mother Nature, and thanks for the full moon. It really added a lot to the evening as I just saw the moon, you know, slowly but surely rise. I didn't see it, you know, this morning. I should have gotten out and take a look to see as it was setting in the west, but uh, missed that. Anyway. 
So tip of the trial goes out to the full moon of last evening. I'll keep my eye out for the one today. So let's take a let's get a couple calls in before we go to a break. Let's see where should we go first? Uh, let's go to Molly's. Hi, Molly. Hi, Mike. Hi. This is Molly. <laughs> Sorry, I'm at a soccer field, so you might hear some clapping and cheering. All right. Watching my grandkids play soccer at Sportsport. Um, I have two questions. One is I just got some hydrangeas to plant um, in my yard, and I was wondering if I could wait and just dig a hole, leave them in the pot that they came in until spring, or should I go ahead and put them in the ground? You can probably put them in the ground without any kind of problem. Just make sure that you you dig the hole two to three times the diameter of the root ball and make sure that about 10 to 20% of the top of the root ball is above the surrounding ground. But other than that, that should be fine. Okay. My other question is, my daughter wants one of my Russian sages. And if I, should I dig it up now or should I wait till spring? Uh, if you're going to do it, do it really kind of quickly. She should get it into the ground before we get, uh, you know, too much uh, deeper into October. Okay. So I should do it like right now. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. Thank you. I sure. appreciate it. My pleasure. And now let's see. Let's go over to Larry's yard. Hi, Larry. Hey, how are you today? Very good. Good. I have uh, some Techni Arborvitae, and I've noticed this week that they're getting brown and under the outer, in the middle of the of the bushes. Right. Is that normal, or is that maybe you tell me what's it, what's it doing? That's a normal circumstance. Most of the evergreens, the conifer-type things, like which the arborvitae is, or mugle pines or other kinds of pines or spruces, they're all, you know, the interior needles or the needles that are, let's say, they doesn't have to be in the interior, but the the ones that are, uh, let's say, down the stem from the new, you know, the new green growth, it could be turning brown. That's just what happens this time of year. Okay, that's that's a relief. <laughs> um, and I got a little question. The lady that called bringing in her um, lantern. Yeah. Is, is is that you would just bring it in and treat it as a as a house plant, right. or would you need to do anything special with that? Nothing special except it needs a whole lot of bright light. Also, it needs to be really on the dry side. So just when people bring some you know some plants, or when they have them as house plants. Lantana, if it's overwatered, will head downhill really quickly. Okay. That's good to know. Um, what about the uh, temperature? Can uh, it, does it have to be room temperature, or can it be a little cooler, like oh, out on a porch? Oh, or, as long as the porch is somewhat protected and it's got bright light. So just so uh, it should be okay out on the porch. If it's an enclosed porch, or is it just screens? It's enclosed. Okay. It's, a, it's a room, but it's not always heated. Okay. So it should be yeah. fine. Okay. That'd be great. All right. I appreciate it, Mike. Thanks. All right. My pleasure. And now let's go over to Tony's. Hi, Tony. Hi, Mike. Hi. Hi. I just, before we get started, I just wanted to say that my mother, Ginger, listens to your show religiously and for many, many years. And my she used to listen to it with my sister, who past and she just loved your show and she continues to listen to it and I just she turned me on to it in the last year or two and we just have gotten so much um so much joy out of out of all your help 
Well, great. Well, thank you, and uh, thanks for having me on your show. It's not my show. <laughs> well, my first question is really brief. It's um, We have a hibiscus that I'm going to be bringing in real soon. Um, it's a uh, double orange hibiscus, mm-hmm. and I just wondered, is it okay to give it a little shot of, um, uh, like, miracle Grow, you know, all-purpose after I bring it in, or should I? I did fertilize it a little bit earlier, but uh, it's doing pretty good. But um, should you fertilize any, do anything like that once it's already in, or just let it make it through the winter with the lighting and the window light, and and then don't do any kind of fertilizing. You know, the only things you would want to fertilize would be something like orchids and some things along that line. But things like hibiscus, have you ever had it inside before? Yes, we brought it in last winter. Okay, so you know how much foliage is going to drop and all that other stuff. Yeah. Drops a lot of leaves. So don't fertilize it, though. Okay, good. Um, well, I also listened earlier. There was a lot of conversation about the lawn um, lawn care. And um, just had a quick question. There's quite a bit of fungus on this on this lawn and quite a bit of, like, creeping vine, like, creeping Charlie and stuff like that. And uh, um, what do you recommend as far as killing that off How and, and when? Uh, basically, with, the, like, the creeping Charlie... Uh, the herbicides are going to become less and less effective as the ground gets colder and colder, so it may not be worth your time. So, But uh, maybe next year with the Creeping Charlie, think about going after it with a pre-emergent application. What what time would be good for that? Uh, let's see. I think that's probably a summer bloomer, so you want to do it in the spring. Spring, okay. Yeah. A pre-emergent? Yeah, a pre-emergent. Okay. And um, uh, one last thing. Oh, well, just real quick. Um, we've got a couple of baby uh, pines that are Colorado spruces and Black Hill spruces. Uh-huh. They're about maybe two, two and a half feet tall at the most. Um, what do you recommend as far as if we wanted to transplant one of them and put it somewhere else in the yard? Is now a good time for that or should we wait? I would go ahead and do it now if you can. And let me go back to the creeping Charlie thing. It's, you know, I'd probably go at, go after it with uh, maybe not this year, but as soon as it starts growing in the springtime, go after it with like a uh, like a broadleaf weed killer, and then you can use a pre-emergent, you know, in the spring too. But uh, get this thing under a little bit under control. Okay, and we've got this. There's fungus, and I don't, you know, there's a lot of shade and stuff, and then some spots have fungus. And I don't know what to do about that. I would say forget it because in the shade circumstance. The you know, the fungus problems are, are going to be, you can put all kinds of fungicides down, but you're never going to eradicate the problem. Okay. And then the broadleaf weed killer, you said when should I apply that? Uh, next, as soon as you start the- seeing new active growth in the spring. Okay. All right. And one last thing. Sorry. <laughs> um, I've got a, had a big outbreak of bagworms um, on, on shrubs. Right. In the last the last year at my dad's house, and uh, I pulled almost I, I think I pulled every pot off of these shrubs, and I sprayed it and killed killed quite a bit of it. But it was such a huge outbreak. Um, now that I've pulled, I think all the pods are out of there. Um, will will they still have a lot of hatching in the spring? And 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 what do you recommend to, to get rid of those if they if they hatch and there's more stuff all over the the shrubs because well, they. Basically, if you pull the you know the bagworms off, that's where the eggs are. So, 
if any of the bagworms that you miss, the bags actually, that's where the eggs are in the springtime. You just have to monitor and watch closely. And when they when they hatch, they're going to migrate away from the original bag where they grew up or where they spent their, let's say, pre, let's say, alive circumstance. And you're going to have to spray an insecticide on them as they're in the crawler stage. I see. Okay. Um, that, yeah, I hope I got all of them, but it'd be shocked if I got every one of them. There were yeah, so many. Right. And uh, basically, uh, that's the female was in the bag, and the male is kind of like a moth. Mm-hmm. So there's not too much you can do about the moth aspect. Um, the one thing, there's a lot of sparrows around there and, and little birds and stuff. Will the insecticide be dangerous for them? Well, you always have to think about, uh, you know, that kind of factor. It shouldn't be, but uh, if you just... You know, spray it directly onto the, you know, don't don't just, let's say, spray an insecticide with the hopes of, you know, a, a bagworm uh, crawler stage. You're going to have to spray it directly on them as you see them crawling. Oh, okay. So another we'll get like a little bottle and do a, do a lot of manual intervention. <laughs> right, exactly. Just like you did with pulling all the other bags off. Yeah, that was quite an ordeal over about two months. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you very much, Mike. Sure, my pleasure. Yeah, we grew. I grew up in Ellisville, and we had, you know, all the houses in uh, Ellisville at that time had junipers planted, and we had bagworms on our junipers, and we all got, uh, you know, my father said, get out there and pull them off, and I forget exactly how much he paid us for per bag, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't think we ever got them all. But anyway, thanks, Tony. Mike Miller, Mark's Garden Hotline, back after these messages. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, Tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Yes, let's head over to Tom's yard. Tom, how are you today? I hope you're doing the same. Great. So my Kirkwood home has got two different kinds of animals, rabbits and I believe voles. And I've got holes in the yard from the voles and the rabbits. I see maybe a dozen. Don't have a huge yard, but Whoa. it just seems to be getting out of out of out of control. Put it that way. What can I do to keep rabbits and voles away? Uh, probably it'd be better maybe to get a professional service to come out and set some traps for the rabbits. But if you have that many rabbits, apparently you have uh, quite a edible yard as far as uh, things they like to eat, uh, lawn wise and everything else. But it's going to be just a long, involved process to get them under control. Okay, so you think uh, professionals and they might have to leave traps out over the right. winter, or probably for wow. a you know period of time until they get you know they'll come by and check them to see if there's any you know if they've trapped anything in the traps and then kind of let it go from there. My concern is uh, you know I back up to some other people. I've got neighbors on all sides and uh if i'm doing that and my neighbors aren't uh, i got a feeling they're gonna come right back exactly <laughs> that's why <laughs> to, to actually get them under control is going to be pretty much i don't want to say impossible but impossible <laughs> all right i understand i just got to deal with it in my yard and hope for the best right exactly all right mike thank you so much sure i mean you could do all this but uh and you could eradicate all of them but, uh, I mean, they're in the neighbor's yard, too, and they're going to, since there's nobody, let's say, new, you know, let's say no rabbits in your yard, they're going to say, oh, let's go over here. This looks a lot fresher. So, anyway, yeah. thanks, you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Mike. Bye-bye. And let's see, where should we go now? Let's go over to David's yard. Hi, David. Hello. Good Hi. morning, Michael. Good morning. How you doing? Good. Hey, I'm on a cell phone, so I hope it's uh, you can hear me all right. Okay, uh, you're not in my yard. You're in my cornfield. I'm sitting in a cornfield near Fillmore, Illinois, and I'm calling for the first time ever. Uh, do you recall the gentleman that was talking to you about holes? He couldn't. He he couldn't understand why there was holes for where the moles were. Right. Okay, I've got a beagle, and her her name is Buffy, if you can believe <laughs> that. And she makes a living every day 
digging up those moles and pulling them out, and there's your hole. <laughs> well, great. So you got a very good dog. Oh, she's wonderful. But the only thing is, she brings up, she brings the mole up to the front porch and leaves it there. And, and I just want to cry when I see these moles laying there upside down. <laughs> Well, maybe you should start skinning him and making a hat or something. Well, yeah, she, yeah. I I don't know what to do because I'm I'm just too busy farming and chucking, taking all this grain to the elevators. But you know, when I heard that gentleman, he couldn't understand why there was a hole there. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's your hole. Absolutely. <laughs> no getting around it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do want to ask you one more thing. Uh, does the botanical garden take any uh, plant donations, uh, like something I just can't take care of anymore? No, pr- pretty much not. Uh, there used to be a company called uh, Brightside St. Louis. You might contact them and see if they want them. Or Gateway Greening, you might try that. But the botanical garden won't take uh, plant material. Okay. I've, I've, my wife... Uh, she she passed away in January from COVID, and she nurtured this fern from, from I mean, it's about 11, 12 years ago, and this this thing is a monster. Right. It's, it's about the size of a Volkswagen Beetle, and I, <laughs> I, I, I'm serious. I've got it on a, we, we bought a metal cart at uh, Farm and Home, and she, we roll her around and, and put her in the in the garage at night and and keep her out in the sun during the day. But I just don't have time to, to take care of her anymore because right. uh, you know she's gone, and I just want to make sure Fern is, uh, is going to make it through. Right. Well, yeah. So if uh, uh, if I can't remember what you said, who to call? Yeah. Try calling uh, Brightside St. Louis or Gateway Greening and see if they used to take donations. I'm not sure if they still do or not. Okay. All right. She's she's something to see. Everybody uh, who drives by, they they slow down and look at her, and then uh, some stop and say, is that one fern? Yes, that's one fern. (laughs) She's a monster. Well, great. Good luck, David. Mike Miller. Hey, thank you. Mike Miller, KMR's Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Let's head over to June's yard. June, how are you? Advice. This summer, I took some clippings off of my carpet rouge, spread them around throughout my yard, and only one survived. It's next, close to the house, around my fish pond. And it's on the northeast side of the house. Now, it's still green. It's still under a mason jar. What do I do with it? I took the jar off the other day, and it has a rose hip on it. Um, do I leave the jar on it all winter? Do I have to put it in a pot and bring it in? What do you suggest? I would say just take the mason jar off of it, keep your fingers crossed, and see what happens. And just leave it where it is. Right. Okay. Thank you for your help. Sure, my pleasure. And thanks for hanging on as long as you did. In the future, oh, well, if you take okay. cut, in the future if you take cuttings, make sure that you get some rooting hormone 
And you I did put it. that on there. Okay, so then that's that was very helpful. So that's why you had the luck with just one that you did. Right. I think the other ones were out in more into the sun area, and they just got too dry. Yeah, that could be. So, okay, I will do what you say then and see what happens. Thank you so much sure. for and your now, suggestion. Now let's head over to Ed's yard. Hi, Ed. Hi. Hi. Glad, I'm glad you took my call. Uh, I got one question. Uh, I'm wanting to uh, seed some uh, Dutch white clover, and I was wondering, is it too late in the year to do that? Well, it's a roll of dice with doing any kind of seeding because our you know crazy weather, you don't know what's going to happen. It could be nice and warm. I think, I think uh, the forecast was like supposed to get up to 70 tomorrow or something like that. Or, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh-huh. so, the, I mean, the ground is still warm. It's just the problem is putting any kind of seed out is just mm-hmm. the seed is, may germinate, but is the root system going to get deep enough and established enough down mm-hmm. into the soil before it gets, you know, say, severely cold? Right. I'd, I'd be better off doing it then, waiting, and doing it in the spring. Yeah, you could do it in the spring. Or do you have the seed already? Yes, sir. Okay. And did you get the seed and make sure it was inoculated? Because that helps you know, trigger the—so mm-hmm. you got everything just right. I don't know how oh, much good. seed you have. What you could do is try and with half of it and you know put it out this time of year mm-hmm. and see what happens and save the other half for springtime. Ah, a good idea. I appreciate that. Great. My pleasure. Thank you. Yep. And now let's see. Let's go over to Jones. Hi, Joan. Hello. Hi. Hi. Uh, listen, I have two questions, Mike. I have a maple tree, a big maple tree in my front yard. It's about 20 feet from my foundation. Uh, the, I have the tree roots. I've got like three big ones going toward the foundation. Should I be nervous about that? Well, in a way, yes, but not. there's not too much you can do about it. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, too. So that's where the tr- that's where the trouble is. Yeah. Okay. All right. So take that off my worry list. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. The other question is, I have a holly at the end of uh, my yard in front, um, which I stupidly planted cement. It has taken over. Can I, at this time of year, spray it with anything to get rid of it? Oh, uh, again, you could go ahead and use, you know, use the herbicides if you want, uh-huh. but uh, the effectiveness... We just don't know what it's going to be, you know, how effective it's going to be. Okay. Well, what about if I wait till spring? I'm just concerned about killing the tree, the holly tree. Yeah, so you have mint growing underneath your holly. Yeah, mint and a bunch of weeds I need to get rid of. Yeah. yeah just, just, you know, get like a you know, cardboard box and just, you know, put the branches of the holly, protect them, and, you know, spray whatever you're trying to spray underneath it. Or what you can do is just use okay. a use a bowl of the herbicide you're going to use and just mm-hmm. paint it onto the weeds, and that way you won't have to worry about the spray. Oh, okay. Okay. That's a good thought. All right. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Sure. My pleasure. Okay. And now let's head over to Alice's. Hi, Alice. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I, um, I bought some palms at Sam's for Palm Sunday, and I'm taking care of them, spraying them with uh, soap water every week and watering them. And I'm getting like three and four fronds coming up every month. 
and I need to transplant them because they're in fairly small pots. What kind of soil do I use? Now, what is this? Just palms. Oh, palm trees? Well, they're more like a palm bush. They're not that high as a tree, but I guess they would grow to a tree. I don't know. But basically what you need to do is just get a, you know, a potting mix for a, you know, indoor plants. And uh, I don't know what size pot they're in, but don't get it. You know, don't put them in too large of a pot. Uh, if no, they're, they're in about an eight inch, eight or nine inch pot right now. I would say you don't have to transplant them until you start seeing roots coming out of the bottom holes. Then I would just oh, leave well, them they're, they have no they have no holes in the bottom. They're just in a uh, uh, cement type or pottery type thing. Wow. They're just in a. I'm surprised they survived. Then, you know, get out. Well, they, they are growing like weeds. They wow. are just beautiful. I would say maybe get a, you know, a, a maybe eight or 10 inch pot and get potting mix for, you know, for houseplants and, put, you know, put them into that. But just make sure there's drainage holes. Well, I thought I'd put a lot of rock in the bottom. Okay, you could do that if you because want. Because they're they're sitting in the back of, in the narthex of the church, and I water them every week, so I can't have saucers and stuff oh, around where oh, oh you know where they're going to because uh, there's a cleaning service comes in, and I don't want to be a, <laughs> a burden to them. Right. Well, good luck. I mean, uh, but just use a potting mix. Okay. I didn't know. And did that lady that said she was rose putting something under a mason jar, was she talking about roses? Yeah, she took some cuttings from her rose and used a rooting hormone, and they rooted, and then she tried several, and one of them survived, and she actually, in other words, she was, she the mason jar was like a greenhouse over the cutting. Yeah, well, that's what I do, but I have gallon jars, and I, I have six of them, and I sometimes put six slips under there every fall. Wow. And I have I have roses everywhere. And I this last year I had six under there and I had six rose bushes and they bloomed the first year. Yeah, she said she had the one that she was yeah. talking about that survived there was a rose hip, so that meant there had to be a flower on it at some time. Well if if you put it under there, you put the put it in the fall and keep the jar over it all winter like a greenhouse. Ah. And then in the in the spring or the summer, I don't take mine off until I'm sure that I really have a, a bush starting right. and I can see a lot of green shoots coming out. And by gum, I've got roses you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but you you have to leave the jar on all winter because, really? I mean, if it's a bush by now, she doesn't have to. But I would protect it with leaves or something. Right. Yeah, mulching, you know, mulching for sure. I told her to take the jar off for the winter time because, uh, you know, but if you've had success leaving the jar, hopefully she's still listening and she can give that a try. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, just anything to help friends out. Right, exactly. Uh, thanks a lot. Yep, that's what this show is all about is people helping uh, each other. So let's head over now to right. Linda's yard. After the end of a good fight, deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. Hi, Linda. Hi, Mike. Hi. Um, I kind of got in on the end of a discussion about bringing lantana in in the wintertime. And my um, garden club, Oakville Garden Club, planted a community garden at Cliff Cave Park, which is out here in South County. Right. And a wonderful local nursery donated. It's We just did this like last month. So they donated end-of-the-season lantana, which I have in pots on my front porch right now. And I'm wondering, would I be, I don't really have a sunny window to put them in. I was going to put them under my grow light down in the basement. So do you think that that would work if I have the grow light fairly close to them? Would I want to keep it on like all the time or just part of the time? No, they have to have a rest period. So probably 12 hours of grow light and then 12 hours of darkness. Okay. And about how high above the plants, what I want to place my grow light? Uh, plus, say, maybe six or eight inches. Okay. And I heard I heard you say, I know that lantana, I have an outdoor lantana that was a little twig, you know, in the spring, and now it's like a huge, <laughs> a huge shrub. Right. And I know they don't need a lot of water. So would I want to actually almost let them wilt a little bit before, because the, the ones that I have in the little pots on the front porch have actually done that a little, almost wilted a little bit, and then I'll water them just a little bit. Yeah, you can. And, you know, they come right back. So uh, say about, explain about the watering again with them in the winter. Yeah, you could do that. You could wait till you start to see a little bit of wilt, or you can just watch the potting mix on the inside of the pot when it starts shrinking away from the inside of the pot then that's going to be a time probably when it's going to be wilting, so it's kind of the same type circumstance. Okay. Do you know if people have very good luck with that? Because they donated all these, and we planted some. Right. But like I say, it's the end of the season. I really wanted to kind of save them for next spring. Right. You know, so we, I mean, I might have like eight of them or something, so I didn't want to just throw them out there and let them, you know, all just freeze this winter. So 
Yeah. Do people kind of have any luck with lantanins? Well, they the do. Winter? You know, it's it's kind of a just a hit and miss thing because a lot of people don't just don't have adequate sunlight. And mm-hmm. so they just kind of go downhill as a result of that. Even if they're in front of a window, if it's not a really bright window, then it's not going to you know be adequate for them to be healthy. Right. Okay. Well, I'll give it a shot. That's all I can do. All right. Great. Well, <laughs> all right, thanks. Thank you. Love, love the show. Well, thanks. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline, back after these messages. This is the St. Louis Composting Garden Hotline with Mike Miller on the voice of St. Louis KMOX. Well, Scott Mosby just came in, and he says uh, he wants to do the uh, home improvement show. So I guess I'm going to have to give up on all the plant material. Now, let's say no to that. Let's go over to Joyce's yard. Hi, Joyce. Good morning. How are you doing? Very good. Okay, one of the questions about the grow light. How soon can you put your seeds out so they can be ready better? I mean, uh, plant the seeds in the house so they can be ready for the spring. Uh, basically, with the you know trying to grow seeds in the house, you have to have a bottom heat mat as well as grow lights. So you got to have both those things, or don't bother. Oh, they won't work. No. I seen. I think I seen that Matt on uh, Amazon. Okay, and the next question: Can I plant all my bulbs in the pots right now, or have to wait till the spring? Are you talking about daffodils and tulips and things like that? Yes. Yeah, you can put them in pots now. Or I, probably what I would do is I'd wait to you know for another couple of weeks towards the end of October, as opposed to doing it now. But well, if, I got so many. I, I'm not gonna do them now. I'm just. I don't want. Uh, them to stay out because I like to put my flowers out. Right. You know, you know, uh, I was just uh, trying to figure out uh, how to do that. But you're okay. Okay. Just wait for another couple weeks and make sure it's a well-drained potting mix. Yeah, I got a whole thing of potting mix. I'll keep that. Perfect. So you're saying don't do the seeds? Don't, don't, Don't bother with the seeds unless you have a heating mat to warm the potting, you know, the seed-starting potting mix that you're putting the seed in, or else you're just wasting your time. What can you plant? Well, you can, the, some little cuttings yeah. and things like that. What? Some kind, some just small house plants and things like that. I want that. What about those cannons? Can I planted those last year in the house, and they came out, came yeah, up. That's fine. Yeah, but okay, you, got, you, you have to dig them up and bring them inside. Except unless you want to mulch them, then you can just leave them outside. Oh no, I ain't do that. I brought them in and bought some new ones okay. and, and left and, and uh, let them store. Okay, thank you very much. I'm sure. glad you told me about. Thank me. you. And now okay. let's head over to Paul's yard. Paul, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Very good. Hey, uh, I had some landscaping stones and stuff put in my house last late fall, so I didn't plant anything. Um, I've just been waiting. So this fall, I started off with the south side of the house, and I put in three burning bushes probably about 10 days ago. One of them is doing well. The other two, right on the same side of the house, they almost look like they're dead. And if I run them through a app on the phone, you know, where it takes a picture and tells me what's wrong with them. It says that they simply have dried out and died. Now, I can replace them because they have a, you know, a warranty on them. Right. But how often am I, how often am I supposed to be watering these bushes? And is it too late to replace them and get 
those to replace this year. Now, it's not too late to replace them, but anything that's been recently installed, you should water them daily for about at least two weeks or so. And especially okay. with that, the I, when we have these winds and with the dry weather that we've had, you got to do it or else they're... Why one has been oh. successful and the other two haven't, the one that's successful just got lucky. Okay. So I just simply did not water it enough is what I'm hearing. So, right. Okay. Needs watered every day what? Up until the ground starts to freeze? No, up in, you know, for about two weeks. That should get, be adequate enough to hydrate the root system and the soil to, you know, to let the root system start to, uh, to get acclimated to the new location. I appreciate your time this morning. I hope you have a wonderful weekend. Sure. And now let's head over to Ron Jar. Ron, can you do it kind of quick? Yes, sir. Uh, hi, Mike. Uh, what I'm calling about is, is it possible to cut a small branch from a pine tree and try and grow that? And if so, what do I do or hormones or whatever? Uh, it's going to be very iffy as far as being successful. So, you know, pines are not the easiest uh, thing to take a cutting, but if you want to give it a try, take the cutting about 12 inches, uh, have the bottom part of it when you make the cutting at a 45-degree angle and uh, get some rooting hormone, dip it into a rooting hormone, and put it in a, about a 4-inch pot with a potting mix for starting plant material. Okay. All right. I'll give it a whirl. Yeah, right, it's, thank you, Mike. I mean, pines are not really, you know, or conifers just in general are not easy to root. Let's see if we well, can. <laughs> yeah, I've tried that before and I haven't had any luck. Yeah, it's, but use the rooting hormone and use the potting mix for starting plant material. Those two can help, but yeah, a very specific one. Okay, very good. All right. Okay, I thank you. Sure. Linda, you're going to have to do it really fast. What, well, what about mulch around peonies? Will that hurt? No. And what if summer? He said no. No, I mean you can do the mulch. Just cut the you know cut the foliage off and put about uh, one inch of mulch over the top. That's adequate. Okay. And it, what if they cut it kind of low? One of those bushes, maybe this accent. You know, I thought kind of low to the ground. You know, I don't want that low. Well, I mean, a peony is herbaceous, unless this is a shrub peony. Well, I just have, I've had them for years. Okay. Except for one that got trimmed, I think, in the, because it couldn't see it because of the grass. Okay. In, in the spring, and it hasn't come back since. Okay, so it's, they probably killed it off. So, sorry, Linda, we got to go. Mike Miller, KMOX Garden Hotline. I will see you next week. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyondzero. Toyota, let's go places.